1: The doctor is in. Not in much of the northern hemisphere right now, so it's time to dive into a big swimming pool filled with what? Cholesterol. Yes, the new studies say it's so safe you can even swim in it. <laughs> Dr. Bitar, sorry to open that silly, irreverent way, but we've been talking cholesterol for years, and I would joke and I would say, you know, it's not like I'm telling you to dive into a big vat of cholesterol, but it'd probably be Okay.
0: Well, you know, what I really enjoyed about this particular study that we're going to be talking about is that they have, in the mainstream medicine uh, journal, finally admitted that dietary cholesterol has really nothing to do with anything in that to reduce LDL cholesterol, in fact, I think the name of the uh, the, the article that we were looking at on the Telegraph says, high cholesterol does not cause heart disease, new research finds, so treating with statins is a waste of time. Well, they didn't take it to the true level because it's not so much... Waste of time would be an understatement. That it's actually detrimental to be treated with statins is a more accurate
1: term. It's a a waste of life. It's a waste of life. It's It's a waste of of health.
0: That's right. That's that's (sighs) a very well-put way of putting it. It's a waste of life because you're decreasing ubiquinone, which is coenzyme Q10, commonly known as coenzyme Q10, and is it a vital... um, enzymatic cofactor necessary for the mitochondria to work. So the mitochondria are the respiratory centers of the cell, if you will. And so when you decrease coenzyme Q10, which, by the way, all the original studies on, on the statin drugs showed clearly that when you use a statin drug, and you actually have the same thing um, occurring when you use a natural remedy that reduces cholesterol, like red rice yeast, or mm-hmm. red yeast rice, I guess you should it.
1: Right, that, from China. That, that's, uh, that's where they got, what, the original lovostatin from?
0: Right, exactly. And that's where the original statin research was based upon, that red rice red rice yeast. Um, but the thing is that they found that whether it's the synthetic version or the natural version, the one thing it does is it reduces ubiquinone, reduces coenzyme Q10, which suppresses the mitochondrial function. And they found that in liver uh, cells that they found that there was an actual issue with... Um, Um, liver cancer, an increase Mm -hmm. in hepatocellular carcinoma. Now, this hepatocellular carcinoma increase was directly related to the reduction of Coenzyme Q10 caused by the statin. So the researchers, when they published the statin studies, actually stated in the research, it's clearly stated that you should never take a statin drug without Coenzyme Q10. But then, when the message got out to the general public, the doctors Never recommended that, and when they were brought to the table and saying, "Well, why don't you uh, why don't you make the recommendations to the pharmaceutical companies to the doctors? Why aren't the recommendations for the doctors supplement the Coenzyme Q ten uh, made to the doctors? Why aren't the doctors taught that?" The pharmaceutical companies' responses were something to the to the level of, "Well, it was too expensive for the Coenzyme Q ten, and mm-hmm. so we just dropped that." Now, this is this is like you know thirty years ago. If you go back and look at the, some of the data that was published the Helsinki study and some of those, they clearly showed that statin drugs, the cholesterol issue had nothing to do with heart disease. It had all to do with actually sugar consumption. It all had to do with triglycerides. And when you start looking at triglycerides are directly increasing due to the amount of sugar intake. And in the last 10 years, probably uh, maybe more than that, 12 years, the research has shown that there's a hyperinsulinemia relationship to cardiovascular disease. And people that have high cholesterol, had no heart disease. Half the people that have high cholesterol have no heart disease. And half the people that have heart disease have totally normal cholesterol. So to bring those two things together and say, oh, it's a cholesterol issue, is ludicrous. And what I really like Mm -hmm. in this particular study is uh, a particular uh, doctor that was... um Let's see here. The name of the doctor escapes me now. It was uh, Dr... Malcolm Kendrick? Are you... he, Do- Dr. Sheriff Sultan, okay. a and endovascular surgeon uh, from the University of Ireland who also worked in the study, said, and this is this is such a... I would expect this type of a statement from a surgeon because this is, you know, it's bold communication, mm-hmm. you know, simple-minded, and this is a, you know, <laughs> this is what sometimes I joke about surgeons having been one. Um, he comes out and bluntly says it. He says... Uh, that cholesterol is one of the most vital molecules in the body and prevents infection, cancer, muscle pain, and other conditions in elderly people. Lowering cholesterol with medicines for primary cardiovascular prevention uh, in those aged over 60 is a total waste of time and resources, whereas mm. altering your lifestyle is the single most important way to achieve a good quality of life. Now, this is the truth, and I would expect a surgeon to be that blunt because once he comes to that, once the surgeon comes to that conclusion, then i got to hold back, and this is what this guy is saying. And yeah. what he's saying is absolutely the truth. It's a it's a total waste of time and a waste of resources. And as you said more accurately, it's mm-hmm. actually a waste of life by giving statin drugs.
1: It actually is. And what they didn't quote him on after he said that, he says, because he's a surgeon, he says, if you don't believe me, you don't believe me, I'll cut you. I'll cut you. <laughs> so anyway, well, yeah, these surgeons you know, you don't are great.
0: Surgeons great. Work. It's basically, if you don't believe me, I don't really don't give a crap. Because <laughs> you're the one who's going to suffer the consequences, but
1: this yeah. is the truth.
0: And you know, I like the, way, the fact that this was published in a mainstream journal, and mm-hmm. it's not just one or two different doctors that uh, made this comment. It was, it was um, a number of them that that have come together. The primary uh, reach, let's see, the primary doctor on this study. He's a general practitioner, but I think he described it as the data was robust, and that's what I really liked. It that they, they're not, yeah. they know it's controversial. They know they've been attacked, but they're saying um, here it is. He acknowledged that the findings would be controversial, but defended them as robust and thoroughly reviewed.
1: Exactly. But then you counter that with, like, the British Heart Foundation, which is like the British version of the American Heart Association and they question right. the new research, they say, well, well, the link between high LDL cholesterol levels and the death in the elderly is harder to detect because, well, as people get older, there are more factors that could determine their overall health. I mean, you, you talk about a wussy cop-out trying to hold on to an old paradigm that was never right to begin with. And the question is, how many cardiovascular doctors in America and Great Britain will pay attention to this study and stop immediately, as this study indicates Administering, prescribing statin drugs to their elderly patients, how many of them will even respond and read this?
0: Yeah, and that's, that's a sad state of affairs, Robert, because that's exactly what it is. They don't want to shine light on themselves, so they'll just go into the corners. They don't want to be involved with any study that was quote "controversial, and I commend these doctors, uh, Sheriff Sultan and uh, let's see Dr. Sultan and Dr.
1: Uh, uh, Dr. Ufi Ravenskoff. Ravs, Ravs, I can't even pronounce yep. his and name, yeah. In Sweden?
0: Yeah, and there's a Dr. Malcolm Kendrick. He's actually a co-author of the study, too. So mm-hmm. uh, there's Dr. Malcolm Kendrick, Dr. Sultan, uh Dr. Uf uh, Yeah, from Sweden. I mean, these are, these are guys that are, you know, they have truth on their side, and oh. uh, I commend them for joining the Enlightened.
1: <laughs> yep. And and Dr. Oof Rabin, whatever his name is, I think their family is responsible for that Swedish term, Oofda, uh, if you've ever heard those uh, Scandinavians. No, I just made that up anyway. But they've been I've making up col- cholesterol garbage for years. They're finally getting through to the things we've been saying for years. And, and don't you find it a little bit funny that, you know, you've known about it? I've not? a crazy little homeopath with a radio show has been talking about this way since the 90s when I first learned of it and yet the cardiovascular guys, you go to their heart meetings, they're still going to be sponsored heavily by statin drug manufacturers to this very day. I bet you can find, uh, I don't know how many heart-related uh, symposiums going on right now in the United States, and they're all sponsored by statin drug manufacturers.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly the sad state of affairs in our country, because before the nineteen mid-1970s, I understand if, I, if I'm correct, maybe it was a little bit later than that, prior to that, drug companies, pharmaceutical companies could not advertise. And then there was some type of congressional law that was passed, and they started allowing drug companies to start advertising. And that's when this whole craze started where doctors uh, were basically, or patients were basically instructed to ask their doctors, you know, ask your doctor about this medicine, ask your doctor that, about that medicine. Um, and it just created this huge wave. This, there's, a, there's a huge um, media pull. You know, Now when I was uh, pulled from NBC a good morning today, whatever it was, whatever that show is at NBC today, um mm-hmm. because of my uh stance on vaccines and, and the mercury causing autism. You know, they the way that they got to them, the director of that show, I believe it was the director of that show, his son and his I think it a husband wife team that had a child that had autism and that's when they decided to do an expose on it. And at the last minute myself and um Boyd Haley were not asked to be in the show anymore. And the reason it came down to is because the, the company, the NBC was going to have us on there, but then they were basically threatened by a number of companies that, pharmaceutical companies, mm-hmm. that if we were on the show, they were going to pull their ad revenue, yes. which was something like $500,000 a month for the next six months. So it was like a $3 million contract, right? Um, you know, during prime time when they, when they did do their advertising. And so that's the reason they didn't do it. So, you know, it's amazing that dollars for marketing, for publicity, publicity to drive consumer demand up on a drug so that and that demand is not directly to the consumer because the consumer can't buy it so it's driving up the awareness that hey this drug is going to solve all your problems so go ask your doctor about it and then they train the doctors that every time a patient's come this is what you give them to give them free samples etc etc get the dog, get the patient started get them hooked on it mm-hmm. and the patient doesn't know any better they're they're wanting to make sure that they live longer and healthier so they're willing to do it because here's the doctor who's on this high pedestal He's yeah. got all this education, and they're putting their hands in the doctors' lives, and the doctor just emits the same garbage that he's trained to emit. It's just like a cookbook medicine. Here's a cookbook. Here's the recipe. Follow the recipe.
1: So who so, knew when you all those years you were going to medical school? Not you, Doctor Batar, but everyone else, <laughs> and they were learning from the corner street drug dealers how to get people hooked on this stuff, and then keep it keep the gravy train rolling. Uh, by the way, you, know what's you funny? what? Go ahead.
0: Good, Robert.
1: Good. I was just going to say, Carol Alt, my good friend, who's you know had the show on Fox News. We proposed you to be on the show, and she really wanted you on the show. And when she passed your name and all that onto their higher ups, they said, "Uh, uh-uh, we can't have them on." So confirming what you've said about you and Boyd Haley too that the mainstream media, they're guided by the money that comes in through pharmaceutical pseudoscience, and those monies support those news shows. So you're not getting the news. You're getting press releases from the pharmaceutical industrial complex. Hold your thought, Dr. Batar. We're coming right back with more powerful advanced medicine. If you ever miss a show, of course, archive right here with our syndicator GCN as well as medicalrewind.com. That's an easy way to get the hundreds of hours of Dr. Batar and I as we've gotten together doing this advanced medicine for many years now. Stick with us. Links are up in the show notes. Robertscottbell.com. And we've got lots more healing to go. The Robert
0: Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Making sense out of medical propaganda. Here's Robert.
1: Go ahead and make your cholesterol sandwich and eat it in front of your cardiologist and say, Take that. You want a bite? Dr. Batar is here doing advanced medicine. Our our first story, big story of the day. Again, more confirmation, validation that the whole uh, vilification of cholesterol has been actually a deadly nightmare. Modern medicine has has shortened lifespans, has damaged livers, has weakened muscles. And, you know, more science now, and, and this is the real science, not conflicted by statin drug manufacturers showing that uh, there's just no basis for it. And, Dr. Batara, I, I think we can do two days on it.
0: Well, I, I was just going to say, with the exception of acute traumatic medicine,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, I would agree with you and everything you just said, Robert. But when it comes to trauma, when it comes to, you know, certain other types of uh, innovation in uh, surgical involvement in traumatic care, uh, then I think we have modern medicine has increased lifespan, but when it comes to the insidious palliative type treatments, that has certainly, you know, decreased um, lifespan. And a lot of people will say, oh, we live a lot longer than we used to live as a man. How can somebody say that? That's an irresponsible statement. Well, the reason we live longer from that perspective has nothing to do with the medical care. It's because we have better shelter, we have better hygiene, we have better ways of processing water and cleaner, Mm -hmm. you know, not that I mean, now of course, well, and, out, and, uh, infant
1: but, mortality down relative to earlier times in our existence also took the statistics and, and lengthened them. And it wasn't like that. Nobody lived to 70, 80, 90 or older back then. It was sort of like if you survived your young adult years childhood through that, pretty much unless you got hit by a bus or something and you worked in the coal mines or something, you could live very long, longer than what they say is the average lifespan today. Right,
0: that's true. And then, of course, now they're... Now they're adding fluoride to the water, and they're doing, you know, you've got the mercury in the environment, you've got all these other things, um, and so it's going to start decreasing lifespan, and certainly the incidence of disease, chronic disease, is much greater. But I think that the convenience aspect of life, that's what made that, if, if you're going to attribute anything to get a longer life,
1: sure
0: maybe because of that. But, of course, there's that you've also lost a lot of that hardiness that uh, people had. That's one reason exercise is so important, because we don't have that hardiness anymore that we... Uh, live with and that hardiness, that having to walk, you know, ten miles in snow and barefooted, blah 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 to school, like <laughs> yeah. my grandfather's. used to, that everybody says those, those stories, but the point is that made a human being more robust. It made them tougher. Um, yeah. It was a it was a forced exercise, you know. It was a, it was a habitual exercise, and that's what made them stronger and more resilient to disease.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the wussification of uh, you know modern man, it's because of these like conveniences. That. Yeah,
0: wussification. That's a new.
1: Robert Scott Bellward. I like that. I've I've used that before, but uh, maybe uh, it hasn't rung so poetic until we did this cholesterol story. (laughs) So any more perspectives on the the cholesterol thing? Because, you know, I, I wasn't meaning to throw modern medicine under the bus totally. It was really just focused on this particular area, although we could find other areas, including... The vaccination area but uh the idea here is to just drop it already and i've been saying it for so many years and now how many more of these published studies does it take before they pay attention it's kind of like the doctors that are finally going to see the movie vaxxed from cover-up to catastrophe they could even be pro-vaccination the movie itself isn't taking a stance one way or the other it's just saying there's so much corruption and here's the specific details of corruption we know about how do you know they're not lying about everything else they've said about vaccines That's the shocker for a lot of these doctors that just assumed that they were being told the truth.
0: Yeah, I think that's the shocker for most people when they start realizing that the truth that we've been given is not the truth, that's the reality. And it's not really just with medicine, Robert. I mean, you look at the Mm -hmm. political arena, you look at this and, you know, like this whole thing with with Benghazi or with some of these false flag events or with uh, why we entered the gulf war you know weapons of mass mm-hmm. destruction etc 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 you know uh, there's so many different things where the masses are manipulated with misinformation and then the justification to restrict their access to their god-given rights their freedoms are done under the pretense of protecting them from these you know whatever it is whether it's from disease or whether it's from terrorism or whether it's from the financial corruption of the market or the you know the security. If you go through TSA to make sure you. Say, I mean, it's it's so much corruptness, and, and and the corruptness doesn't just stop in medicine. It goes into the food industry. It goes into the um, you know agricultural industry. It goes into other, uh, husband animal husbandry. It goes into all different aspects, and not just sustaining things, but it goes into the financial markets, the real estate market, into our you know currency. I mean, you can you can talk about the currency aspect yourself, right?
1: Sure, absolutely, and it's like you know the Twinkies of the. Uh commercial food industry empty calories if you will nothing is there there's nothing there and that's true of the federal reserve note as they call it the fiat dollar anyway we've got lots more broadcast healing to do it's advanced medicine with dr rasha bittar if you'd like to call in 866-939-bell 866-939-2355 robertscottbell.com and medicalrewind.com back after this
0: great heavens what kind of radio show is this the robert scott bell show is so good it requires no expiration date the robert scott bell show
1: all right let's keep rocking the health world together shall we yes let's dr bittar is here and of course his website doctor dot and uh you know there's a lot going on of course with the vaccine world people are waking up faster than ever before and when people say well, it's just never going to happen, right? The, the people are just It's just going to keep going because people are just too programmed. I look back in our lifetime, Dr. Batar, it just occurs to me, we never thought the Berlin Wall would fall, that the, the Iron Curtain would drop and that the Soviet Union would collapse. I mean, these are things that were, were unthinkable, and then they happen. And it was beyond the control of those who didn't want it to happen. And so I say, inevitably, we're seeing a lot of the things we cover every week here on the show together, things you've been writing about, lecturing on, these things are become, going to become, what do they call it, common knowledge or self-evident, yet I know that a lot of folks still struggle with some of these concepts.
0: I think that this, the self-evidence part of it, you know, the, that's why they call them self-evident truths, they become, if a person starts to look at this themselves, um, they, they have only one reasonable conclusion that they can reach. And I tell people that whatever the, reasonable conclusion is that that seems reasonable to you that stimulates your intellectual uh you know com- the stimulates your or or it actually I shouldn't say stimulates your intellectual component but more it appeals to your intellect it mm-hmm. it resonates with your truth that your your bullshit meter does not go off you know that meter that we all have that knows when some, somebody's trying to pull a fast one on us that's what we should be going with and once you come to that conclusion, you know what the truth is deep down inside. Sometimes people say, well, it's a gray zone. It's, you know, to me, there is no gray zone. There's a black and there's a white. There's no gray zone. Inside your heart, you always know what the truth. If you just sit back and you think about it for a second, for example, to steal is not right. But if you steal to feed a child, then there's no doubt in my mind that that's acceptable. Or to kill is too wrong, but to kill to defend your own family, that is not wrong. So when people say, "Well, that's a gray zone," you know, it's a gray zone if you kill somebody, but you're doing it different. No, there's no gray zone in there. Why are we talking about that? There's no gray zone because that's what that that truth is. That that um, BS meter goes off and tells you which way is the right way to go. And so mm-hmm. when people start to face decisions that they have to make, you know, should I do should I do a statin drug or should I not do a statin drug, or should I you know go and start in chemotherapy or should I not? Well. Listen to your voice inside your heart. Mm-hmm. What feels right to you? What resonates with you? What does your gut feeling tell you? What is that sixth sense? What is your intuition? That is the universal conscious talking to you. That is God talking to you. That is you know naturally occurring resonance that's that's telling mm-hmm. you that this is the right way for you to go. And many people write it off, but that's just that's just you know whatever. That's just in my head. It's not in your head. That's the universe talking to you.
1: Yeah, that's one of the most powerful things in the Vax movie with the moms like Polly Tommy uh, and then Rachel Ross, who was a physician on the doctor's television program that recanted her view on vaccines, just completely reversed it, just had a baby and said, I'm not vaccinating. It is that intuition, and that's what we're encouraging everybody to reconnect with, that gut connection, that gut-heart connection, if you will. The brain becomes subservient to that instead of putting it in charge because it's deceived easy, easily. And this kind of connection to, for instance, chemo. You bring up chemo, and I know a lot of folks will say, "Gee, I just I don't know about it. I'm not sure." You're, 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 you're hesitant because you're getting that innate knowledge, that soul knowledge, that God knowledge coming through. Going, nope, not a good idea. Yet the God complex of the oncology doctors telling you, "Oh yeah, yeah, this is the only way to go." And by the way, don't take any selenium. Don't take any antioxidants and and you know these are the kind of things we're up against still there's a great article here superdon found for us top 7 reasons chemotherapy fails more than 97% of the time creating new cancers in the body and crippling the chances of true recovery that's
0: a really good article very good article
1: you talk about you want, the gut you want to start with it? yeah you don't you know you don't have to be an md or phd to get this in fact it's helpful when people are still connected to whether you call it common sense or intuition that you go you want me to do what with that i read the black box on that thing it says you have to treat it with kid gloves and if it spills you need hazardous waste teams in here and you're going to put that in my veins
0: yeah so just let's stop right there for a second robert now just let's analyze what you just said right Mm -hmm. it you you, you, when you said it i'm I'm afraid that some listeners may have listening to you and they may have thought you're just being facetious or sarcastic but Kid gloves is an understatement. You have to wear a hazmat suit and you have to wear special gloves that prevent any type of penetration from the chemotherapeutic agents because if you are exposed to it, it is highly toxic. So when you're saying kid gloves, that's what i want listeners to understand. You're not just saying kid gloves like figuratively. You're saying they actually wear these space-age hazmat-like suits when they deal with chemotherapy. Why? Because you can't be exposed to it. So now, let's, why, why can't you be exposed to it? Because it'll suppress your immune system. And then what happens if it suppresses your immune system? It can cause DNA damage. And what happens when you cause DNA damage? You form cancers. Oh, wait a second. Now we've got somebody with cancer who has a DNA damage that's caused, uh, they have immunosuppression due to DNA damage, and they have cancer now. So what are we going to do with them? We're going to treat them. With what? We're going to treat them with something that causes DNA addicts to form by causing immune systems uh, to disrupt and to g- cause to create cancer, so let's just go ahead and give them this thing. We're giving them the exact same substance that is known to cause cancer. It's an anti-seizure it, drug?
1: It's deranged this perspective is, that the doctors hold.
0: It is. It, it's absolutely deranged. You're absolutely right. I mean, you can look at this in many different categories. If you look at anti-seizure drugs, for example, right?
1: Mm-hmm. What
0: is the number one side effect of an anti? Drug. Can you tell hey, me wait,
1: wait. This is a pop quiz for Super Don, because I want to see if he's listening. The number one side effect <laughs> for an anti-seizure drug. And it's not a trick question. I think you'll get it, Super Don. What do you think it might be? Seizures. Dude. Bingo. See? I you told you. Award. Hey,
0: hey, hey. I, I knew you it. Award.
1: Dr. Super Don.
0: I'm telling you, it's a simple thought process that when you start seeing the pattern, you start saying, wait a second. Let me think what the most absurd thing could be and that's probably what it's going to be and that's exactly what it is that's how absurd medicine is Our it's philosophy happened so many medicine- we used to talk we used to talk about there was a, a commercial for a gout drug called Euloric, mm-hmm. and it blew me away because in the commercial it says can cause uh, bout you know bouts of gout and I'm like wait a minute you're taking the drug for gout and it's going to give yeah. you gout it happens quite often it's it's a, it's a, it's amazing how in medicine you know the, the thought process the logic in modern medicine is this: every time I see fire engines, I see fires. Therefore, I conclude that fire engines cause fires. It is that <laughs> simplistic, and if it's anything more complicated than that, they don't get it. So they don't understand the the concept of how um, certain things that they are doing, which is a violation of the very first of medicine, do no harm, that they are actually doing more harm. In fact, oftentimes, my secret, I don't want to say this on on the air, because if I say this on the air, somebody's going to do it, and then they're going to create a problem, and then but, Robert, I think between you and me, you know Mm one of my secrets of getting the results to do clinically, what that is. Mm -hmm. It's a very simple thing. I don't want to say that, because somebody's going to then start doing it on their own, and you, you have to do it under medical supervision, because God forbid, you know, there is an adverse event, you can take care of it, but you're not you know talking about that that, that
1: that that funny dance you do. No, no, that was something That's exactly else. I'm sorry. Exactly
0: what I'm talking about. <laughs> exactly what I'm talking about.
1: You don't want to do that on, without doctor supervision. Never mind. Go carry on. Yeah, the
0: special rain dance. The special rain <laughs> dance. No, I mean there's certain techniques, and, and uh, you know, let's put it this way: the people that come to me that are intuitively already there, where they've been told, "Look, you need chemo. You need chemo. You're going to die if you don't get chemo." You're going to have a terrible death. You're going to be in terrible pain if you don't start chemo. And then you need radiation. And those patients say, well, guess what? I guess I'm going to die a terrible, pain, then I'd die a terrible death with a lot of pain than if that's what it is because I'm not taking chemo. That type of adamant certainty mm-hmm. that you are willing to walk into the fire when somebody who says something to you that doesn't resonate with you, and you're that adamant and that sure of yourself and, and the message that you're getting. Those are the people that, that excel, and they do extremely well when they come to our treatment program because they already understand, they already are following that inner guidance. Mm-hmm. I have every patient that comes to us with cancer, they have to pray and meditate and contemplate during a 24-hour period after talking to me for the first time before I will accept them as a patient. And that prayer and meditation is to ask for guidance as to where is the right place for me to go. And I tell them that you must honor whatever that guidance is. And if that guidance is that we are not the right place, you must honor that and continue in your journey to find the right answer for you, because it's really not the right answer for everybody.
1: But you yeah, must we,
0: get guidance.
1: We talk about wasting our efforts. And of course, we would learn still, so it's not a total waste, but it may be unnecessary to have to learn that, because we don't take the time, as you said, to pray, meditate, contemplate on that, and then listen so that you have that direction, and you're solid in that, your posture is strong, and that you can't be swayed or manipulated by those who may not have your best interest at heart.
0: Or, or, or sometimes they may have your best interest at heart, but they're just absolutely ignorant. They mm-hmm. just don't know any better. I mean, it's like what I've said about doctors. You can't blame a doctor, or you can't blame a dog for pissing on the carpet if the dog never learned, or you never taught the dog that to pee on the carpet was wrong. You can't do that. And so a lot of these doctors... You know, I, I get very, very angry, and I say, well, yes, you can't blame the doctor because there are many doctors that weren't taught this. I wasn't taught this, but I learned this on my own, and many other doctors did because we listened to the inner guidance and saying, you know, this isn't right. Just like, um, you know, your, your upbringing, Robert, and all the health problems and challenges that you had when you were younger and, the,
1: yes. you know, the
0: staples of uh, pizza and Coca-Cola, nothing wrong with pizza.
1: Uh, we talked about that. We just want, we want to up the quality of it. But, yeah, that's the right. kind of stuff I grew up on, wrong, not the same.
0: There's nothing wrong with Coca-Cola either. I mean, it's great to clean out your toilets, and that's why the highway department <laughs> uses it after, uh, after trauma on the highway to clean the blood off the roads. So there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that, you know, what are you going to consume and put inside your body? That's the question.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and that is a big issue. You know, we talk about chemo. Uh, and, you know, the fact that these nurses are having to wear hazmat suits. And, you know, part of it is that it's, uh, what is it called, teratogenic? How do you pronounce that when you say it causes birth defects? Teratogenic. Teratogenic, yeah. And so, you know, any woman of childbearing years, they, they, they don't even want them anywhere near that. And so anything that would just devastate cells... Of course, they hope that it devastates the cancer cells before it kills the rest of your cells, but that doesn't always work that way, and that's why we say more people end up dying of the treatment for cancer than dying of the cancer. And then we talk about organic food, and there's a story here. We're just about on a break, so when we come back, we'll get to that, but do you still hear folks that are materialistic reductionist saying, you don't need organic food. What's the difference? A few pesticides? Just brush them off. Is that really the case, or is it chemotherapy light? We'll figure it out on the other side of this break. Remember, Dr. Batar is author of the international best selling book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. It's in many languages now around the world, and we're heard all over the world as well. UK Health Radio, shout out to you guys across the pond. Back after this.
0: Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the uh, things?
1: It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert will be right back. Rocking
0: the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show.
1: All right, one of the upcoming events this summer, in the northern hemisphere at least, July the 9th, is with Michael Badnarik, 2004 presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party. And Dr. Batar, you'll remember him because he's the guy, when I interviewed him after he got nominated in Atlanta in 04 to be the candidate for them, and, and it was during the bioterror scares, and Bush was going to mandate vaccines and stuff. So I said, what do you think about these mandated vaccines from the federal government? And without blinking, he said the famous line, Doc, you bring the needle, I'll bring my forty five, and we'll see who makes a bigger hole. And right wow. there, you know, this is the guy you want teaching you the Constitution. So come on down. We got you set up. Links are in the show notes, com. You would thoroughly enjoy it, Dr. Bittar. Uh You
0: know what? That sounds like my kind of guy.
1: Definitely, definitely you'd get along famously. Now, the organic food argument, right? Material reductionists say, oh, an organic apple is chemically identical to a, well, how would we say, pesticide-laden apple, except, of course, for the pesticide chemicals. But I just, you know, it's hard to talk to those folks when you just like there's nowhere to meet in the middle with them usually.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it. well, this particular study is just absurdity. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to meet halfway with these people because it just doesn't make any sense. The only thing they say about organic food is well, it does taste a little bit better, but everything else <laughs> is just useless because all you got to do is just wipe the stuff off. Right. And they, they also said about the time of using the insecticides and pesticides because they've given so much, uh, so they've given a significant time prior to harvesting, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter anything because it's all washed off by then. That is the most absurd argument. Um, it reminds me of the Time article magazine when they were talking about the arsenic toxicity um, and whether arsenic that was used in treated lumber that was used to construct school play gyms and schoolyards, you know, the, the outdoor gyms that they do for schools, for elementary schools. And they said, well, there's a big issue, big concern that this arsenic in this wood that's treated to be, to to withstand the different extremes of weather, but that arsenic that's used to treat the wood to make it... Um, what do they call it? Weather-treated, is it? or? Um,
1: yeah, I think they, they weather treated it. lumber. Yeah, treated yeah, lumber. Yeah, they call yeah.
0: It treated lumber. So they use it by you know, taking this wood and um, uh, suppressing it or submitting it in water and, and having it um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, basically, they have it underwater for a long period of time, and this water is laden with arsenic, and there's some other water treatment that they call it. So these are the same wood that they use in um, building docks and uh, – structures that are going to be partially underwater and they'll never rot. Well to get the wood to be able to be non rottable, you have to expose it to this high level of arsenic. And so when people became aware that this is the same lumber that they used to make schoolyard playgrounds, the response by the manufacturers of this wood was well just all you gotta do is wash your hands. That's all you gotta do. Just have the kids wash their hands when they come in from playing on the on the you know, play gyms that are made right. from
1: this lumber. Yeah, no, nothing will nothing will absorb through the skin, just like chemo. Don't worry about it. Just wear a hazmat suit.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's just amazing. And as How far much? as people that, as far as the people that are getting it, you know, putting it directly into the veins, one one group needs to be protected. The other group gets it infused into their arteries. I mean, where is where is the logic in that?
1: Right, and, and, and what about
0: poison is a poison.
1: Yeah, what about the uh, uh, cancer rates of those farmers who are utilizing, for instance, glyphosate? And th- the cognitive dissonance that has to be prevailing in your mind to be able to say, well, organic, the only thing that you could say about it is it might taste a little better. But that's it, no difference. It's like, you, you, again, you got no bridge into that.
0: And this person that's actually, that wrote this, um, organic food is no healthier than normal produce, it's a. Uh the PhD type, if I remember right. It's not a clinician. Yeah, Professor Luis
1: Fresco. Is it Luis or Luis? Luis Fresco. Fresco, yeah. Yeah.
0: So the chemical composition of the apple is the same whether it's an organic apple or not. Yes, you're correct. The chemical composition of the apple is the same. But what about the chemical composition of the substance that was put on the apple
1: mm-hmm. that is
0: nothing organic about it? Right. There's no, there's no organic component to it. It's all inorganic. It's all mm-hmm. synthetic chemicals that are not organic. You know, it's, it's, how can you say that the chemical composition... We're not talking about the chemical composition of the apple. We're talking about the chemical right. composition of what's been added to the apple.
1: Well, it's a little sleight of hand, this Ph.D. Louise Fresco, getting getting fresh with the facts. She's not uh, covering them ac- exactly accurately, but maybe she works for a chemical company or the chemical industry. There are usually conflicts of interest like that. Dr. Bittar, another awesome advanced medicine segment. Remember, medicalrewind.com if you miss it ever. Of course, com and all of the places to get the archives available to you there. Thanks for being here, Dr. Bittar. Tell them what they need to know, please.
0: That the power to heal is yours.